Amen, amen. Come on, you may be seated. Come on, turn to somebody, though, on your way down to the seat. Give them a high five, man. Come on. Welcome to Believer's Chapel. Very excited that you are with us this morning. Come on. Can we say thank you to the worship team, please? Come on, amen. We are blessed, church. We are blessed. We are so blessed. And, man, when we begin to really, just really begin to worship him and praise him and thank him, and we just sing Living Hope, which is the whole gospel, man. It's just it's such a, a great, a great song that brings us into the gospel. Like it's the whole gospel. Our king came, put himself on a cross, and in that we are free and forgiven. And man, when you know, man, I am blood-bought, man, I know that I am saved. I know that I belong to Jesus Christ through the work of the cross. I know that I have eternal life, everlasting life. I know that my sin has been dealt with, past, present, and future. When I know that, when I get that, when I know that it's only by the way, the truth, and the life. It's only through Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Man, we get that when I know I am safe. Man, I'm saved. I'm born again. I know that. Man, I know that I am free. I know that I am forgiven. Past, present, and future sin has been covered under the blood of the Lamb. I have eternal life. Church, it does something to your spirit in the midst of worship and praise to be reminded again that even though he died on the cross, three days later, breath came back into his physical body and he was raised from the dead to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Come on, church. Amen? Amen. Come on, 11 o'clock. Amen? Amen. Now we're ready. But honestly, when you just begin to worship and praise and we have everything to be thankful for, knowing that I am safe, saved, man, I am forgiven, I am free, and never under the wrath of God, man, my sin has been dealt with, and there is a freedom in that, and I am no longer a bond servant to, to sin, but I'm a bond servant to the Lord. And in that, man, there is this freeing sense in our spirit to know, man, I've got no chains on me. I've got no chains on me. And man, there's something beautiful about that. And as we were just singing, um, I just want to read from Psalm 23, and it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's just even just singing through worship today, and it says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness. And I love this. It says, for his name's sake. For his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, he is my cover. He is my covering. Man, he is my lead. He is my shepherd. And this is, this is what he says. He makes me, he leads me, he guides me, and he restores me. And it's for his name's sake. Man, when you begin to bank that our God is faithful, when you know, God, you are faithful. Even though I'm faithless, God, you are faithful. And God, you are going to see me through. God, you are, it is for your name's sake. Man, you are my shepherd. I trust in you. I belong to you. God, you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to restore me. And it's for your name's sake because you are faithful. Church, what happens when we get this, man? What happens when this is something that begins to rearrange my spirit and my soul to know God is for your name's sake. And I believe this. You're going to make me, lead me, restore me, and you're going to guide me. This is who you are for me. And watch this. He says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. For you are with me. God, you are faithful. For your name's sake, you will lead me and you will guide me. And I will have no fear, even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though, listen, it doesn't say I stop, have a picnic. It doesn't say I, I pitched a tent. It doesn't say, man, I just, it just says I'm going through. Man, even though I walk, that's one step in front of the next, one step in front of the next. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, watch this, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Because you are with me. Man, we are protected from the evil one. And church, I love when we understand the depth of even just this psalm that is so well-known, probably the most well-known psalm in the Bible is Psalm 23. But to know the depths of it, even coming out of just such a beautiful sense of worship this morning, to know God is for me and he will lead me, guide me, restore me. It's for his name's sake. And even though, even though, man, I'm in the midst of it, even though I'm going through it, even though I'm in this trial, even though I'm in this test, even though no matter what I'm going through, I know that I will not be afraid for he is with me. And this is where we're going this morning in James. If you could turn, please, to the, the book of James as we, as we are in this series 
And we're talking through this book, and we're talking through this book. We're going to take our time. We're not in a rush to get through this book. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through James. But man, we're, I believe this, though. I believe that when you see this and begin to dive into this and, and, and kind of begin to study this and do word studies in this and try to figure out where James is, man, and what he's writing and who he's writing to and just where were these people were. were and man, this is so applicable to me today. Like right here, right now, this applies to me. Man, there's something about this that we're just like, God, speak to me in this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Church, what happens when you find yourself in that trial? You find yourself back against the wall. You find yourself going through the test. Are we going to believe this? Before we even begin to preach, are we going to believe this? Because I want this to be one of those days. I've been asking God this week, God, change something in us. God, change our perspective today in what you say, not what the world says, not what anyone else says. God, what do you say? How am I supposed to respond when I'm in the middle of it? How am I supposed to respond when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death? How am I supposed to respond when I'm in the midst of a trial? How am I supposed to respond when I'm in the middle of being tested? God, what does this mean? What does it look like for me and how I'm called to respond? Man, church, I want this to be a day that we begin to change our perspective when the Bible says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Wait a minute. What? Consider it all joy. Consider it all joy when, when, not if, when you encounter, when you're going through various trials. So today I want us to change our perspective to say, wait a minute. No, I, I can do this. No, I should do this. I have the ability to do this. Because we can easily go down the road of anxiety, fear, worry, depression. We can easily, when you're in the middle of it, that's the easy road. That's the road with less resistance is that road of anxiety. That's where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be afraid. I'm supposed to be anxious. I'm supposed to be full of fear. I'm supposed to be depressed. Like this is, I'm going through it and this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. Church, listen, consider it all joy. Consider it all joy. The word joy, it means delight. Are you, are you serious? That's why I think this is the perfect timing to go through James for this church. Because it is, it is my heart that in the preaching of the word, there is a shift and there is a perspective that begins to change. Okay, now I understand trials and testing. Now I get why I have to go through this. And even, even in the midst of the pain of the test of the trial, there's something else that's right alongside of that. There's this sense of joy because watch this, watch this, watch this, because I know the end game. I know the result. And in that, I can consider it joy because there's a purpose for the pain. What happens when that doesn't just become a cliche? Church, what happens when you truly believe there is purpose for the pain? And God has a plan. And in that, I can consider it all joy. This is where we're going this morning. So if you've walked in here this morning and maybe you're new to BC, I just ask you just put the, put the seatbelt buckle on because we're going to roll. I mean, I want you to hear this because I want you to get it. Maybe you've been in this church and maybe you're in it, man. Maybe you are in that season. Maybe you are in that trial. Maybe you're in that testing period. Maybe you're just going through it. Man, I encourage you, let's get into this together and let's see the purpose and the plan, even for a pain, the purpose and the plan for something that didn't go my way. I didn't see this one coming. This is not the way I had this scripted. This was not how I thought this would end. Like, have you ever been there, right? You go through life and you're like, dad, this wasn't the way this was supposed to go. Ah, this was one of those, I got, I got totally sidetracked on this. Man, I got blindsided. Did you ever been blindsided in life? You're like, ah, I didn't ask for this. I'm not sure I really deserve this. And this is where I'm at in life. Man, that's a trial and that's a test. We're gonna dig into this, say, hold on, hold on, relax. God's got a plan. And there's a purpose for this. And there's a plan for this. And if you would just buckle up, the big idea today is you got to get through it. You got to get through it. This whole series is called Faith on Display. When you unpack James, it literally is just so simple. Those who have faith, put it on display. 
Those who are people of faith, for by grace I have been saved through faith. One way, Jesus, because of the grace of Almighty God, but it has to do with our faith. Repent and believe. It has to do with our faith. And in that faith, James says, if you are a person that has faith, put it on display. There will be a test to your faith to prove where your faith is. You're like, ah, man, that doesn't, whoo, I don't know if that sounds so great. But church, like it or not, we will all go through trials and testing, every person. It's a matter of seeing God's purpose in his plan and trusting him and knowing there is an end game here. There's an end game to the pain. There's a purpose to this. So this is what I want us to gain. And man, I hope that you're in this place and I hope that you're like, you know what, Sean, I'm not even in it right now, but I hope that you are taking notes. I want you to take notes in this series, man. I want you to dive deep into this with me. I want you to be hungry for his word. I want you to be hungry for his word. God, speak to me. I want to be hungry for it. God, I want to write this thing down because I know there will be a day. I promise you there's a day. If you're not in it now, you will be in it soon enough. If you're not in it now, if you're not going through the trial of the test, it says when you. There's an absolute promise that we'll go through it. So what happens if we lean into this today? And I'm asking that you lean in it with me. I say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Come on, bow your heads, please. Let's pray. Come on, Father, I thank you so much for the moment today. I thank you for our time of worship. You deserve all of our praise. Jesus, your name is exalted above every name. And Father, you deserve our highest exaltation, our highest praise, that we will exalt you, that we will lift you on high in this house. And God, I pray that your word come alive to us today. God, speak into our spirits today. God, we believe your word. We come before you and say, God, I didn't come here to play church. I didn't come here to check a box. God, I want you to move in me today in such a real way, God, that I walk out of this place different from when I came in this place. I don't want to play a game in your presence. God, that you would speak to us. I pray that your word come alive to us. I pray that you would show us what we need to see. God, open our eyes and ears to see and hear what we need to today. Just that today in this moment, God, speak to us that we would know that you, by your word and by your spirit, reveal your word to us. Man, if you're in this place, church, and you're like, God, I need this today. I need to hear it. Would you please, just in your heart, just say, Lord, open my eyes to see and open my ears to hear. And God, let my heart respond to you today. I will receive your word and now we'll respond to it in Jesus name come on amen amen, amen. come on BC you ready yep. you ready Let's go. all right 11 o'clock you usually got the juice nine o'clock had some juice this morning 11 o'clock you usually got more juice than that. And I called you on that this morning I said hey 11 o'clock got a little more juice than you they didn't like that they didn't like me saying that and they got a little juicy so BC 11 a.m. are you ready now we're talking. Come on, James 1 says this. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who were dispersed abroad. So here we kind of dove into just verse one last week and just kind of unpacked the, the reality of who wrote this, who James is. We know that he's the half brother of Jesus. We know once he had that true, amazing biblical conversion of brother to servant, like he never mentions Jesus as half brother. He only says, I belong to him. He's in control. He's in charge. I'm a slave. I'm a bond servant to the most high God. Jesus is my Lord. And like he goes down that path and we see that conversion. We talked about that last week. And then we look to this, like who is he writing this? Two. Briefly, we covered that Acts, Acts 6 and 7 and 8, where you've got this guy named Stephen, and Stephen was a deacon in the church, and Stephen was, was speaking truth, and Stephen was, was never going to back down to who Jesus truly is. He's never going to back down to the Old Testament and what, what the Old Testament meant. So he just begins to speak and preach, and people didn't like it. He went down a history lesson of the forefathers, and they didn't like it. They hated it so much that they stoned Stephen publicly. And this was Saul, who we now know as Paul, who was in charge of that stoning. 
And in that, what happened was that just, people knew about that, they saw that, and they just, they just under heavy now persecution, the church became scattered. But in heavy persecution and the church becoming scattered, the, the word of God went abroad and these, these witnesses and these testimonies of who Jesus was just began to spread so fast and it just went out among in all these different places because of persecution, the church grew. And here you've got James, he's the leader of the Jerusalem church and these are his people, right? These are his people. In the midst of persecution, He's like, okay, how do, I, how do I encourage these people? How do I encourage the church that has now been scattered? How do I encourage those who now find themselves under heavy persecution? Heavy persecution meant your family was being ripped apart, that they had letters such as we see from Saul, who then became Paul, had letters from the council to say, listen, go into this house. They claim the name of Jesus. They continue to talk about Jesus. Go into this home, rip the families apart, take the husbands out, take the fathers out, do what you need to with the kids. And the, like, this is, this is that persecution. This was happening. And James is like, how do I encourage? What do I need to write? And inspired by the Holy Spirit, James, the leader of the Jerusalem church, pens this, and this is the word of God. And he pens this to people who are hurting and people who are broken, but yet people who are standing firm and people who are speaking the word. And he says this, verse two, consider it all joy, my brethren, Consider it all joy, my brethren. He is speaking to people that he dearly loves. He's speaking to his, 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 his people and the church who is now scattered abroad throughout Jerusalem. He says, hey, 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 consider it all joy. Hey, the condition that you're in, the things that you're experiencing, what you're going through, consider it joy, my brethren. For when, that's not if, when you encounter various trials. And I love it because when you, when you see what various trials means, ver the word various, it means of many colors. It means many different kinds. So this isn't just one kind of trial. This comes in all kinds of shapes, sizes, and colors. This comes in all kinds of different ways. It means, listen, if you're in it and you're going through it, and you're realizing, man, this is a trial. This is something I'm going through. I didn't ask for this. I don't really actually want this. This isn't the way I had scripted it. This isn't the way I thought life was gonna go. I didn't ask for this tragedy. I didn't ask for this. When you, when you begin to see what it really is to go through a trial, the word trial, it means an affliction. It means trouble. It means persecution. So if you are in a place that you feel like, man, I am being afflicted. Something didn't go the way I expected it to go. And listen, serving the Lord, walking in a manner worthy of him, pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in is not like, this is, I'm doing, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I have, I don't have known sin in my life. I'm walking right with God and it just, it's just, man, it's just happening. That's affliction. Please hear me, please hear me. This Don't confuse this with sin in your life. If you have known sin in your life and that's caused you affliction, this isn't what this is talking about. If you're in the condition that you're in because of your sin, the Bible is clear on that. Repent. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your sin. Repent from it. This isn't that. This isn't talking about those who walk in a, in a sinful way and then bad things happen. This is not talking about a consequence to your sin. This is written to a church that is firm, a church that is strong. This is written to individuals that is following hard after Jesus Christ, putting up with the persecution. This is who this is written to. Listen, your sin and the consequence, you need to deal with that. And I simply encourage you to repent. Repent from your sin. This is not that. This is written to those who have claimed the name of Christ and have held the ground and are strong and are firm and are being literally punched in the face. They're being, they're, they're, they're being afflicted. They found trouble in their world. They're being insulted. People are coming against them. So when you look at the different kinds or the many different colors of affliction or trouble. I mean, I would think that in a room 
this size with this many people. Maybe this applies to several. Even I'm saying even in the moment where there's something that took place, and I'm not talking sin, I'm just talking about something that has caused an affliction, that's caused trouble, that's caused pain. Maybe it is a tragedy. Maybe it's something that you didn't expect. Maybe it's something that kind of got you off kilter a little bit. You're like, man, what is happening? Why is this happening? Then this is for you in the moment. And then for everybody else, this is for us for what's coming. This is one of those, this is one of those real deals for us. That we're like, okay, man, I wanna, man, I wanna hear it. And Sean, I want, I want you to just have free access to my heart. That we would really believe, we would believe what we're gonna cover today. I need you to get this. Because I need our perspective to begin to change of why I'm going through what I'm going through. Why I'm going through what I'm going through. How does God truly work all things together for good? Man, that's, that's one of those verses that we love to throw out when it's all bad. Yet God is always good. We know that. His goodness and his mercy, the rest of Psalm 23, his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I believe that. In the midst of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he is still good. And he has the ability to cause all things to work together for good. Even though I'm going through it. And I want you to see this. Watch this. Come on, consider it all joy, my brethren. When you encounter many different colors or different types of trials or trouble or affliction or adversity, things that are coming against you, consider it all joy. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, that doesn't make sense. If you just stop there and quote that verse and don't finish, that's crazy. How am I supposed to walk in delight? The word joy here means delight or gladness. When I'm going through a tragedy. Church, if we can begin to understand the word training, what it means to go through training. What it means to say, okay, I'm going through a trial and I know that my faith is going to be tested and I know that this is training because I'm going to gain some things that I must have. Sometimes tragedy isn't, it, we don't jump up and down if we've lost a loved one and it hurts. We don't jump up and down when life didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. We don't, we don't just like, we don't fake it. That's silly. But I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to walk in anxiety. I'm not going to walk in depression. No, I'm going to go through the pain of it and be real about the pain. But at the same time, there's this amazing thing of joy and delight and gladness to know God has a plan and God has a purpose. As much as this pain hurts and as much as I didn't see this one coming, as much as I have been blindsided, I know that I really believe I'm walking right with him and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm good. God, why is this happening? But I'm not going to fake the pain, but I'm not going to go and there's a difference between being real with the pain and walking in a place of fear and anxiety there's a difference but even in my pain I believe that there's a purpose and because I know that there's a purpose then I can have joy don't miss don't mix that line I know that there is pain and in the pain I know that there's a purpose and I believe that there's a purpose for my pain but in the midst of the purpose I believe that there is joy that doesn't mean anxiety. That doesn't mean fear. That doesn't mean depression. That means, okay, I'm real about the pain. But I'm also true about the joy because I know there's a purpose. And this is what James is writing to a people who are scattered, to a people who are broken, to a people who are hurting, to a people under affliction, to a people who are under persecution to people who are losing their families. Could you imagine that? Church, we, get, we think we're under persecution when we stub our toe. We think we're under persecution because you got a flat tire. No, you ran over a nail. We gotta, be, we gotta be real about things. You think you're under persecution because you got discipline at work. The reality is you're the worst employee that the work has. Like we have to be real about it. You've called in sick four days this week and you went fishing. 
Okay, that, that's not okay. So many times, listen, I need to be real with the church. So many times we as the church, you claim to be a believer, but you call in sick and go fishing. And you're bummed that they found out and they discipline you like, oh, I'm under such persecution. No, you're a bad employee. No, seriously. You're the gossip. You're the one talking about everybody. You're the one not showing honor to the boss. No, you're a bad employee. Shame on you. You being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, do all to his glory, you should be, and you should work hard at being the best employee at any job that you've ever had, at a level of excellence. Say, no, I'm doing this actually for him, but you're gonna be the beneficiary of it, the, the benefactor of it, because I'm gonna serve him with a level of excellence, and I'm, that means I'm gonna serve you with a level of excellence. You should be the best employee that camp has. You shouldn't be the problem child. You shouldn't be the one talking about everybody. You shouldn't be the one, watch this, watch this. You shouldn't be the one that becomes the problem. You shouldn't be the one that shows disrespect to the boss. That shouldn't be you. There needs to be a level, a true level of what it means to honor those honestly who are over you. I feel like I've pushed a couple buttons. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Come on, consider all joy, my brother, and when you encounter various trials, knowing, watch this, verse three, knowing, knowing that I know, this is what I know, watch this, here it is, here's where, here's where, here's where we go, I love this, watch this, here's where we go, from that anxiety and from that fear and from, and from that depression, here's the switch, here it is, knowing, this, this, is, this is where we can add the joy piece to this and the fear begins to disappear. This is where joy comes in because I know the purpose and I know the plan and I know the end game and in that I can be joyful and in that what do I have to be afraid about? For even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not afraid because he's with me. He's got a plan through this. Listen, God may not have caused this, whatever this is, but he's allowing this so that I may know, please hear it, that I may know, watch this, knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces something, right? When you, when you see this, okay, I, I know I'm gonna go through various trials, I get it. When I encounter, when I, those moments and they come in different shapes and sizes, they come in different seasons, these troubles, this affliction, when this happens, listen, here's the purpose, watch it, here's, don't miss this, this is everything. Knowing, knowing, that the testing of your faith, it produces something, right? The word testing, it means to prove, to prove something. When you take a test, if you take a driver's test, you're trying to prove that you can drive. You're trying to prove that you can drive, right? You've studied the book, you've gone through, you get in the car, you practice your three-point, you practice your parallel, you go through it, and you're like, all right, I'm ready. I'm, I, I can prove that I can pass the test. That's what testing is. You've studied for an exam. You've worked hard on studying the exam. The exam happens. You pass the exam because you've prepared. You're ready. You've, you're ready for the test. The test proves what I've done. This is what this word means. Knowing that the testing, the proving, faith on display, the proving of your faith. So if I'm putting things together, when do I need to prove my faith? I need to prove my faith when I find myself in times of trouble. I need to prove my faith when I'm under affliction. I need to prove my faith when I'm under adversity. Because if I claim to have faith, that means I trust in Jesus. And I promise you that that's going to be tested. I promise you that that's going to be tested. The good news is we're all in the same boat. The good news is that you will be tested. The good news is the person next to you will go through it. You're not flying solo, right? You're not flying solo. I take it from Peter. I was thinking about this earlier. I take it from Peter and Jesus. You see this in John 21. They're taking a walk on the beach. Peter's being restored. It's amazing. And then Jesus says, hey, Peter, by the way, uh, the end game for you um, and not, it's not going to go well. You're going to become a martyr. And Peter's like, hold on. Like, okay, the Bible says this in John 21. Peter looks around. He sees John. He's like, ha, what about him? Like, true story, right? Like, Jesus tells Peter the end game for Peter. And Peter's like, well, well hey. He's looking around going, ah, 
What about John? Jesus like, well, what is it if I have him remain? Like, Peter, it's not your business. So many times I can encourage you this morning to say when you're going through it, when you're the one and it's your time and it's your test, don't turn around and start looking. But why isn't he going through? Why does it have to be me? Man, I feel like I'm always under this constant trial and testing. Hey, Lord, what about? But isn't that sometimes what we do? Why am I the only one under testing? Why am I the only one under affliction? How, how come I have to go through it all the time? Because it produces something in you. Knowing that the testing, the proving, when your faith, your trust in him is proven, it produces a result. Knowing, I know this, the testing of my faith, it produces endurance. It produces endurance. And endurance means perseverance. And church, when you can know what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and say, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to quit. No, I'm called to go through this. No, you see, I, you see, this is what I know because James tells me that I know, this is what I know, that when I know that there's a trial, I get it. And when I know that this is a test that proves my faith and I need to put my faith on display because guess what? Please hear me. Everyone's watching. You're called to be a city on a hill. Right, you're called to be different. You're called to handle things differently. It doesn't mean you go through different things. It rains on the just and the unjust. You're gonna go through life like everyone else goes through life, but it's a matter of how we handle that, that our faith is on display, that we walk in a place to truly say, okay, I get this, this is a test, and I need to test my faith. And you know, the end result of this is that I gain endurance. I, I, I begin to build up this endurance level of of really perseverance to say, you know what? There's no quitting me. You know what? I'm not going to give up. You know what? I'm going to keep going. Why? Because this test proves my faith. And in that, I gain something on the inside. Quit doesn't come from the outside. Quit comes from the inside, right? That ability to never quit doesn't come from the outside. The ability to never quit comes from the inside. This is an inside job. When you know that you're going through it and you know, okay, man, this is on display. Man, I know that I'm going through it. One of the products of this, why? Listen, why are we considered all joy? That when we go through various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith, knowing that that joy in me is to know that there's an end game. And that end game is that I have to build something within me that I'm never going to quit. Come on, turn, keep your finger in James. Turn with me to Hebrews 10, please. Just a couple pages left. A couple pages left. Hebrews 10, verse 36 says this. And when you get this, when you see this, I man, I am praying and been praying and believing that today there is this shift that takes place, man. There's this change that when you're in the middle of it, you can be like, okay, God, there's a plan for this. God, there's a purpose for this test. There's a purpose for this trial. And in this, God, this is something that I need. What happens, church, when you get this going, I don't like it, but I need it. I don't like it. My parents tried that with liver. Who, else, who likes liver? Sean, you may not like it, but you need it. Church, you don't need liver. You, my, I mean, my mom would make liver, and I'm like, peanut butter and jelly for me. I need peanut butter. Mom, it's protein. Liver is disgusting. Like, I don't even know what liver is. Like, it's like this piece of meat that tastes like trash. It's incredible. I'd rather eat the trash than liver. And my mom would say, oh, but you need it. I, I'm doing fine, and I haven't had liver since I left my mom's house. It's amazing. <laughs> so it's not that, right? It's not that. It's okay. I'm going through it. I need this. Church, what happens when you know you're in the midst of it and you believe, man, God is for me. You need to have endurance because you trust in him. Look at Hebrews 10. The writer of Hebrews says this, verse 36, for you have need of endurance. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive that which was promised. For you have need of endurance. Okay, man, so you're saying 
that I have to go through this trial to test my faith. And in that, it produces endurance because endurance is one of those things that I have to have as a believer. Yes. So because I know that I'm building endurance, and this is something that I must have, I must have that perseverance mindset. I've got to have that heart that says I will never quit. I've got to have the heart that says, I'm not, why am I walking in fear? I'm not going to be nervous about this. I'm not going to be concerned about this. I know that God's got this. God is going to see me through. Therefore, I am getting through this. The mindset has to change to getting, I'm going to walk through the valley of shadow. I'm going to get through this. Man, my faith is on display. This is a test to prove my faith. And in me getting through this, in that mindset of perseverance, I'm going to get through this. Because I know that God is for me, and I know that he is with me, and I know that his goodness and his mercy, they're following me, therefore God is good, and I know that he will get me through. It's like that, that woman that was on a plane and this plane was going through just crazy turbulence, flying through the air, hit some major storms. This plane was just bouncing like a basketball all over the way. And this woman, have you ever been on a plane where it hits a little turbulence and there's that one woman, ah! Like she just, she just like loses it on the plane. You're like, woman, what is, relax. But this was a plane that was just bouncing and this woman is screaming and this woman is going crazy. The plane is going crazy. Yet there's this little boy sitting next to her. Didn't have a mom and dad, and this little boy was just sitting there playing with his toys. And, and she was just like, hi, hits turbulence again. She starts screaming. There's the boy playing with his little airplane. And she's like, okay, I got to ask, how is it that you're not afraid? He says, my daddy's flying the plane. <laughs> Church, what happens when you realize God's in control? Let the people scream. When life gets a little turbulent, when life gets a little bumpy, we can confidently say, no, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when life gets a bit turbulent, I know that he is with me. My heavenly father is flying the plane. Everything is going to be all right. I'm talking about on the inside. That's where joy comes from. So if you begin to understand the biblical truth to this concept, you begin to see, wait a minute, I have to go through this. Because the only way, the only way to produce endurance in my life is to go through it. You must have endurance. Whether you like it or not, the only way to get endurance is the only way to get in that perseverance. The only way to get that mentality that says, I will never quit, is to go through an affliction, is to go through a difficult season, is to go through a trial. And wouldn't it be amazing if it was when you really identified the trial? There, was, there would be, watch this church, there would be something inside of you that would say, this is my moment. This is the testing of my faith. This is the proving of my trust in him. This is my moment. What happens when you own your moment? What happens when you own that moment and you say, no, this is my moment. I knew that there would be a trial that would come sometime. And here, I got the ticket. Man, I got the number. My number is up. It's time to go through it. It's time to dig my heels in. It's time to confidently say, listen, God is for me. Who can be against me? It's time for me to truly believe. My God will never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. It's time for me to truly believe. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It's that time to believe this is my faith on display. My heavenly father's driving through this tribulation. Man, he's got this. He's never going to leave me. He is with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be. Man, this is my moment. This is my moment to prove that I truly trust in him. Church, that's what this is about. The only way to get that, the only way to build that endurance is to know what James is talking about here. I want to see the people of this church. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to your trial. No, that's foolishness. But when you know a trial's coming, I want to see the mature continue to grow. I want to see the men and women and children of this church, the college students, the young adults, the high school students say, no, man, this is my moment. It's time to shine in the name of Jesus. This is my moment. 
This is my test. And there's something, something strong to what it is to persevere. And I'm not going to walk in anxiety. No, no, I'm not going to walk in fear. No, no, I'm not going to walk in depression. This is my moment. I'm going to consider it all joy because I know that God is doing something on me on the inside that I need. Church, when you get this, there's something that changes you from the inside out, literally, perfectly, beautifully changes you. Come on, let's finish this. I want you to see this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And watch this. Verse 4 says this. And let endurance, let endurance have its perfect result. And let endurance, if I know that I have to have endurance, and I know that I will persevere, and I know that I will never quit, then let it take its course. The word let endurance have its perfect result. The word let it means to allow. How many times do we fight, fight the test? How many times do we realize what happens when you see it maybe for the first time today? Okay, I'm going through this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this, but it's here. Allow it to happen. Allow it to take its course. You want to fight it? 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 The only thing you need to fight in the middle of a test is the urge to quit. The only thing you need to fight in the middle of that test is that mindset to say, I'm done with this. That's what you need to fight. Outside of that, you got to let it take its course. Why? Because you allow, you let endurance, you allow endurance to what? To have its perfect results. Wait a minute, you're saying that as dark as it is right now, that I just can't see, that it's black, I can't see. Man, I am concerned, I am worried, there's so much going on, I'm in the middle of it, I'm in the thick of it, I didn't expect this, I didn't ask for this. In the midst where I can't see anything, where to me, it doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel, it's a pitch black cave. This is where I'm at right now? Sean, you're telling me that I should expect that there's light at the end of the tunnel? Let endurance have its perfect result. Church, we need to be trained in our faith to see the end. We need to be trained in our faith to not look at where I'm at right now. Please hear me. We need to become really good at looking to the end game. I want you to believe this. I want you to believe this. Well, you really can say, Sean, I don't see any light at this, but I believe that as I walk through this and as I endure through this, if I have perseverance and Sean, if I never quit, there will be, according to the word of God, a perfect result. Watch this. And let endurance have its perfect results so that, highlight that, underline so that, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So Dr. John, you're saying that there will be good. So you actually, John, you actually believe that God can make all things good. It doesn't mean that even if you're in a tragedy, even if you've lost a loved one, even if you've gone through the worst case scenario, you're in the middle of it, whatever that case may be, yet God can still use that for good. My encouragement is, church, you don't quit because you really believe that there's a perfect result to this and I will be made perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. 
The word perfect, it means brought to maturity. You mean through this crazy difficult season, through the time that I'm in right now, that there's something happening in me of, of a sense of perseverance, but even in the sense of that, this is so that I can grow? You mean there's gain in this? There's maturity to have. Believer, when you've come to that place to claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all things became new. That also means your journey. You now walk on this spiritual journey. You now walk on this new way. And it's a journey. It's now a spiritual journey. And it's like you're going to go through this spiritual journey and sometimes in that walk, there's going to be moments that are going to grow you up. Those are going to be moments that make you perfect. The word perfect here, it means brought to maturity. It means brought to maturity. All you got to realize simply is this, is I'm on a journey. And there's going to be moments along the journey that I got blindsided. There's moments along this journey that I didn't see this coming. There's moments along this journey that we're going to go through a trial and a test. But the perfect result is that is I'm growing and I'm maturing because I never quit. Perfect and complete. This is beautiful. I love this. The word complete means it brings the pieces together. It means to make whole. Church, when you see there is truly so much benefit to a trial and a test, you can turn to anxiety. You can turn to fear. That's the load with, that truly is the road with less resistance. That's the road most choose. Church, I love you dearly and I want you to get this or you can say, no, wait, there's a growing point to this. No, there's a purpose to this. God, you're going to make me whole. God, you're going to bring all the broken pieces together. And some of us might be in a season where we just think, man, it's just, I am just shattered. My spirit is broken. My dreams have been shattered. This season of life is in pieces. This is the promise though. Like it's like, God's like, listen, this is a growing point for you. Like God doesn't know. Now this is a growing point for you. And I'm gonna put all the pieces together. If you would truly endure. God says, I'll bring all the pieces together. I'll make you whole again. And then he says, lacking in nothing. I love this picture because it means leave it behind. I will lack in nothing. Lack means don't bring it with you. That's what this word lack means. Behind means behind you. I will bring nothing with me. I want to be able, watch this, I want to be able to, to truly just shake my hands. When I know that I've gained that maturity, I know, okay, God, I understand the test. I get the trial. I see where I'm in it. And God, in that, I can be joyful. I can get through this. I'm not going to fake the pain, but I know that there's purpose for the pain. And God, in the midst of this, God, I'm not going to fake the pain, but I see that there's a purpose for this. And in that, I can, I can consider it joyful. And God, in the midst of this, I can see myself maturing because, man, if this would have happened a year ago, oh, I wouldn't have been able to handle all, but I see some maturing going on. I see that I'm growing. And God, you've got me on this path of spiritual growth. And God, I know that you are going to just make me whole again and just put the pieces back together. God, I don't want to bring any of this with me. I'm going to leave it behind. 
because I know someday down the road there's going to be another trial and there's going to be another test. If I haven't left this one behind, then this just multiplies the next one. Church, what happens? What happens if we really believe this? I want you to trust the word. I want you to trust the word. To know God's got a plan. And he's got a purpose for the pain. Our responsibility is to trust him. And to make sure we go through it. And we endure. And then know God is doing a work that is making me complete. God is doing a work that he's going to put all these pieces together. Because God is good. Come on for your stand to your feet, please. Come on, let's pray. And I want this to be one of those days that there is truly a, an acknowledgement and a, just a shifting. I think God, maybe my eyes have been open today and I see it. I pray that there would be a sense of delight when you go through the process and not fear. Maybe today is that shift. That's something that God has to do by his spirit. Come on, as we sing this morning and we close this out, man, what has God spoke to you today? Where are you in the Holy Spirit in this today? I pray as Tracy sings that you really say, God, I heard you today. I didn't come here to check a box just to do church, man. I came here, God, that you would do something in my life. That's the power of our God. He loves us. He wants us to hear his word. And then we would say, God, I'm in. If you need prayer for any reason, we'll have people right up front, right up here. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to talk about Jesus, we'd love to talk about Jesus. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. If you need prayer for any reason, as Tracy is singing, you can come up. We'd love to pray with you. Man, I pray that you just nail this down in our hearts today. Come